outside Israel, visiting the villages around Caesarea Philippi, Jesus has asked his disciples whom they believe him to be. Peter has identified him as the Messiah, the one expected to come at the end of the era. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus began to teach his disciples that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and to be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said this all quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their lives will lose them, and those who lose their lives for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save them. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their lives? Indeed, What can they give in return for their love? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So, Walt, I think this was your first time proclaiming the word to us in uh, the second? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Thank you. Well, it won't be forgettable this time because you have illuminated us about the legal justification. (laughs) One of Craig's favorite shows is Paternity Court, and so this will certainly illuminate, put a lot of background into that. You scared me at the beginning of Bible study because one of the passages that you had us read was today's gospel and so I'm listening desperately like what are they saying what should I preach on so um, thank you for not stealing my thunder (laughs) it's true that when Jesus preached that he was going to go to Jerusalem he was going to be rejected by the Sadducees the chief priests the scribes He was going to be crucified, but three days later he would rise from the dead. It's true that Peter and most people would have completely misunderstood him. But I think what they would have understood him to be saying is something a lot different than what we tend to think 
only looking back, knowing how the story plays out. So to begin with, it's important to know that there are some very loaded terms. There are some terms that Jesus would have used that would have had a specific meaning to Peter and the people hearing him. So for instance, to be crucified. It's interesting that he knew exactly where he was headed. He wasn't saying, oh, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. Maybe I will be stoned for blasphemy. Or maybe another punishment would be to be run off a cliff. But he knew the specific punishment was to be crucified, which means he would be punished by the Romans, not by the Jewish authorities. And the punishment of crucifixion would be specifically for sedition, for setting yourself up against the authority of Rome and the emperor. So this means he knew exactly what he was headed for. A second thing is, and tied to the first, would be the Sadducees. Now, when I was teaching what passed for religion at Mount St. Joe, I, my first year, just to be snarky, I used to use the, I would pronounce it the Italian way, so the Pharisees and the Sadducees. <laughs> and so the kids started picking that up, and they were like, oh, so the Sadducees would say this, or the Sadducees, and it was funny, and then I realized, my God, they're going into the next grade, and they're going to still be saying this. So I'm like, no, no, it's pronounced Sadducee, Sadducee, I was only joking. But the Sadducees. The Sadducees were a group of the high priests, essentially the aristocrats, the people who would be in charge of temple worship in Jerusalem, the top, the higher echelon, the cream of the crop of Jewish society and Jewish worship. And as such, they would be capitulating and cooperating with the Roman oppressors. The only way they would maintain their position of authority their power, would be if they were able to negotiate some position with Pilate and Rome and be able to essentially be quislings and cooperate and follow their policies. Otherwise, they would have been, well, crucified. Third is resurrection. It's important to know Jesus did not invent the idea of resurrection. When Jesus was talking about resurrection, they knew exactly what he meant. But it was not what we tend to think of it after Jesus' resurrection. Resurrection was a political slogan, really, because... We get it from Ezekiel 37. It starts with the the dry bones, you know, the neck bone connected to the... And the idea is that in its history, that Israel, the people Israel, the country, had been essentially overtaken and killed by those who have oppressed them. The 
Assyrians and the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, and now the Romans. So Israel as a country was kind of dead. But then there would arise these prophets who will say, there will be the day of the Lord when the God of Israel will remember the covenant he made with us. And he shall come down on that terrible and black day. And he shall overcome the oppressors. And he shall defeat the pagans. And restore to Israel the glory and restore the covenant that he had established. And on that day, Israel will rise again. So resurrection was understood as the people of Israel, a corporate of everybody, even those heroes who had fought the Babylonians and Assyrians and the Greeks would rise again and their tombs would be open. So naturally the Sadducees were against the resurrection because that means the Romans would be overthrown the basis of their power. So putting those three together, I would suppose what Peter and the people of the time were hearing when Jesus predicted, I'm going to Jerusalem, I will be rejected by the Sadducees and the chief priests, I will be crucified, and I will rise again after three days I think they would hear it in terms of a failed rebellion. I am going to Jerusalem to overthrow the Romans. I'm going to try to raise an army to rise up and fight the Romans, but I'm going to be betrayed by those who I need to join the army, the group, the military to fight the Romans. Ultimately, this revolution will fail. And as such, I, the leader of it, will be crucified for sedition, for trying to lead a rebellion against Rome. But somehow my death will begin this rebirth, this renewal. Somehow I will herald in that terrible day of the Lord when God will remember his covenant and overcome the pagans and all Israel will have their tombs open and all Israel will be resurrected. Very different from what we tend to think when, you know, usually we kind of think Peter's just like, well, you know, you're a really swell guy, Jesus. We don't want anything to happen to you. And it'd be really a shame if you die on the cross, because that means we're kind of in the tank too. So instead, basically, they're hearing, wait, you're supposed to be the Messiah. You're supposed to overthrow the Romans, and you're predicting that we're going to lose this battle? Um, I'm not on board a losing battle. Maybe you need a different strategy. So that is why Jesus rebuked Peter. My kingdom is not a kingdom of violence. My kingdom 
is not about overthrowing enemies by killing and by the sword. Instead, we overcome our enemies by loving our enemies, converting our enemies into our friends. The kingdom of God will be completely different from what you're expecting it. Because, and I'll tell you right now, they had had their rebellions already. The Maccabean rebellion against the Greeks, that's where we get Hanukkah from. You know, the, they overthrew Epiphanes Antiochus the fourth, and they had the extra old for the lambs and seven days of old, eight days rather of old. And so, you know, they had their rebellions. They had Simon Bar Kokhba, they had Rabbi Akiba, they had people who rose up who were brutalized and killed. The story of Masada, remember, about where they all decided to die themselves rather than to be put to death by the Romans and crucified. Jesus knew that what they had in mind would be the destruction of Jerusalem, would be bloodshed, violence. The kingdom of God is not about power. The kingdom of God, rather, is something fundamentally different. That through surrender, through being willing to go through death, the termination of relationships, giving up dreams, willing to accept different paths in life that God offers us, that is the direction for our new and abundant life. That is the direction that will lead to resurrection. Or put it a different way, Richard Rohr is known for saying, those pains, those hurts, those wounds that we have endured, if we do not transform them, then we will transfer them to others. So when Jesus is hearing Peter say, we're going to attack Rome, and it's going to be essentially a suicide mission, it's going to be a failed rebellion that's going to trigger something else, that wasn't it at all. Instead, Jesus is saying, this is necessary for me to fulfill my vocation and for each one of us to fulfill the call that God has for us to surrender those resentments, to be willing to let go of those personal injuries, those insults, but rather to see through them a way to reconcile and to be able to let go of that and transform that into new and abundant life, new and vibrant relationships, reconciliations that will carry us forward rather than having us wallow in past hurts and resentments. Loving Christ, give me the grace 
to join you on the cross of the suffering of the world. Born by your love, empowered by your spirit in me, raised from death by your grace, held gently in your tenderness, I walk through the refugees' desert of hope, the patient's waiting room of despair, the war victim's ruins. Give me courage to cease reserving my love for my family alone, for the poor, the outcast, the oppressed. Those who suffer are also my flesh and blood. Give me grace to die to my separateness and be raised in oneness with you and all who suffer and are raised. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.